0: Kavanaugh, will you stand with us and let's begin our worship. Shout it out.
1: This morning, all right, let's do it. Woo! Hey, it's good to see everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here today. God gave us a beautiful Sunday today, right? It's not too hot yet, and uh, it's just good to be here with you all y'all. Uh, glad to see everyone today, and I want to thank our online audience as well for joining us online. Stay tuned, and so thankful that you are with us today. But God has a lot in store, and I hope you came expecting. I know I've said that before, but really, I when I come into God's house. I'm excited for what His Word is, is going to bring us, and I'm excited that His Spirit is going to move in my life, and I'm ready to be open to that. So. Our prayer is that you have done the same and that you are expecting and ready to receive all that God's given us, okay? So I want to invite all of us to stand, and we're going to ask God to work and move in this spirit in, in this service today, okay? Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and again, I thank you so much for bringing us all together, God, as your family, as your kids. Uh, as we gather around your word today, and, uh, we hear Brother Will bring a message to us. I pray that our, our hearts are open and are ready to receive you. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus. Thank you so much for the cross and salvation and bringing us into the fold. We love you and we worship you today. In your name, amen. Let's continue to worship.
0: I I can tell by your eyes, and we've always—it's always been said that we have the Davis eyes. And so, if you've ever seen my dad or my grandfather, you know we have distinct eyes. And uh, I want to—I want to ask you and challenge you today: Who do you belong to? So I'm going to read some scripture, and it comes from Ephesians chapter two. Maybe I'm going to read. In the past, you were spiritually dead because of your sins and the things you did against God. Yes, in the past, you lived the way the world lives, following the ruler of evil powers that are above earth. That same spirit is now working in those who refuse to obey God. In the past, all of us lived like them, trying to please our sinful selves and doing all the things our bodies and minds wanted. We should have suffered God's anger because we were sinful by nature. We were the same as all other people. But God's mercy is great. Amen. And he loved us very much. Though we were spiritually dead, because of the things we did against God, he gave us a new life with Christ. You've been saved by God's grace. And he raises us up with Christ and gave us a seat with him in the heavens. He did this for those in Christ Jesus. So that for all future time, he could show the very great riches of his grace by being kind to us in Christ Jesus. I mean that you, you have been saved by grace through believing. You did not save yourselves. It was a gift from God. It was not the result of your own efforts. So you cannot brag about it. God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us to do the good works which God planned in advance for us to do. So... I'm asking you again. Who do you belong to? Well, I'm going to tell you. We belong to God. We've been marked. What have we been marked by? We've been marked by grace. So, that means I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to have shame. I don't have to have doubt. Darkness does not have to own any one of us. Why? Who do we belong to? We belong to God. Amen. So... Let's be real. If we hadn't started living, let's start living. There's nothing we can't do because why? Who do we belong to? We belong to God, a great and mighty God. We are his children, and we belong to him. all that you've done for me, and for my family, and for this community, and for the River Valley, and I praise God, and I thank you, and I'm grateful for what I know you're going to do. You are going to do a great work. You are a mighty God, and I pray God that you would speak a great and mighty word through Brother Will as he brings his sermon today. I pray that we would be open, and we would be receptive, and our hearts would be ready to receive that word that I know that you have for us today because, God, you're mighty. You change lives. And I'm so thankful for that today. And I pray, God, all of these things in your precious name, Jesus' son.
2: praise team. Good morning, church. Everybody good? Oh boy. Everybody good? Fantastic. Wonderful. Welcome those who are uh, watching online. We certainly appreciate your uh, presence in our service today via online. Thank all the rest of you for being here. It's a good day. Beautiful day. Wonderful songs. Appreciate all that so very much. I I guess you noticed what I brought up here with me today. Isn't this beautiful? Can y'all see this? Isn't it? Absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful gift, right? You're wondering, is it for me, right? Is it for me? Well, I don't know. It could be. Uh, You think I wrapped it? Absolutely not. I paid somebody to do that. But you know what? You you pay for what you get, and that's beautiful. Joy, isn't that beautiful? Don't you wish one of your boys were giving you this? this. How many of y'all love to get gifts? Raise your hand if you enjoy receiving gifts. Come on. Raise your hand. Don't you like gifts? I love gifts. I love to receive gifts. But as I have gotten older, I think I enjoy giving gifts more than I do receiving gifts. I just love to see the expression on the face of the person when I give them a gift that I have bought for them. But here's the problem. Uh, When I get the gift, I want to give it to them right then. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to wait for the birthday to come or Christmas to come. Uh, this past Christmas, I bought Angie a, a ukulele from Hawaii. I actually got on the phone and ordered this thing in Hawaii, and uh, they sent it to me. It took several weeks to get it. We unwrapped it here at the office, and I mean, it was just it was a gorgeous, beautiful kona wood ukulele, and I wanted to give that thing to her so bad right then. But I had to wait a few more weeks until Christmas came. But then when I gave it to her, I'm telling you what, her face lit up because it was something that I invested in. I searched out and I gave her the best I could find and she just, she loved it. She still loves it and she's still using it even today. So I love to give gifts. Let's, let's just pretend though, okay? Let's pretend that, that you have someone that you love very much. It, it could be a spouse, it could be a child, I don't, it could be your pastor. But it's somebody you really love and appreciate. And you, you pick out a gift for them. You, you really think about it. You really pray about it. And something comes to your mind. Something that is unique for them something that fits them something that that they can use and you know they can use it and so you you go and you buy it and and it's invaluable you wrap it up in a beautiful package and you hand it to them with all the love in your heart you give them this gift expecting to see that great expression of appreciation on their face but here's what they do when you give it to them and they just turn around and walk away they don't say anything, their facial expression doesn't change, it's sour, and they never open the gift that you've given to them. Now just a, how would that make you feel as the giver of the gift? Wouldn't that break your heart? Wouldn't it make you sad? Because I mean, you did the very best you could. you picked out an invaluable gift and gave it from your heart, and they just totally, they, they didn't even unwrap the thing. Therefore, it's no benefit to them because they're not able to use what you gave them. Now, today we're going to talk about unwrapping the gift that the Holy Spirit has given to you. It's in this series that I'm preaching, The Spirit Way, the life that you've always wanted and the power that you've always needed. Now, the moment you were saved, if you've been saved, if you've invited Jesus into your heart and asked God to forgive you of your sins, that very moment that you declared Jesus is Lord, when you made that confession, Jesus is Lord, God gave you his Holy Spirit. The moment you were saved, God deposited the Holy Spirit into your life. And the Spirit came bearing gifts. The Spirit gave you, the moment He moved into your heart, a spiritual gift that He wants you to use with His power to benefit other people. It is the Spirit's gift to you. We read about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I've been there for a couple of weeks. Today we're going to read verses 4 through 7. That's four verses. Guess how many points we have? Four points, all right? Let's read these verses. Verse 4 says... There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Okay, different gifts, but the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts. There are differences of ministries, but it is the same Lord in charge of all of it. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So just as an overview of these verses so they make sense to us, notice the words diversity, differences, and again, diversities. It's talking about the the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. Not everybody has the same gift because there are different gifts, a diversity of gifts that make the church alive. And then notice they are gifts given to us, those gifts become the ministries that we do which are all in the activity of the church as it functions as the body of Jesus Christ one other thing I want you to notice about these three verses it is the same spirit who gives them that is a capital S spirit that means the Holy Spirit is involved did you get what I said while ago when the Holy Spirit moves into your life He bestows upon you a gift. It comes from the Spirit. The next verse, verse 5, says, there are differences of ministries, but it is the same Lord who is in charge of all of these ministries. Remember last Sunday we looked at verse number 3? It tells us that the only way you can say Jesus is Lord is by the power of the Holy Spirit. That was the creed of the New Testament church. That was their statement of declaration in their faith. Jesus is Lord. So this verse is using the word Lord, which means Jesus. Jesus is involved in the ministries of the church. And then the next verse, 6 says, There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who is God the Father who works all in all or who who is in charge of all of it. So this whole business of spiritual gifts edifying the church has to do with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? Then the next verse, verse 7, caps it all off by saying, but the manifestation, that is the fleshing out of the Spirit, is given to each one of you for the profit of all of us. So when you take the gift the Holy Spirit has given you and you unwrap it in your life and you start doing that gift and fleshing it out, when you do the ministry, you do the work, you are manifesting the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to others. They are seeing God working through you. And who does that benefit? All of us. It benefits the church. So dear Lord, I pray that today the word of God would come alive to us, that we would easily understand it and apply it to our life. Holy Spirit, I pray that we would unwrap the gift that you have placed in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So church, listen to me. Believe it or not, when you come to discover and unwrap the unique spiritual gift that God has given to you, it is one of the most exciting and exhilarating and fulfilling things that you can do in your life. It's one of the most important discoveries that you make in your Christian life. It will open up new realms of ministry and effectiveness and meaning to your life. You see, God didn't give you his spirit just to make you happy. We need need to understand that. Now, let me step aside and say, when you have the Spirit of God in your life and you know Jesus is your Savior and you're fleshing out God's will for your life, there is joy unspeakable that comes into your life. There is joy in knowing Jesus. There is joy in serving Jesus. But biblical joy is not the same as being happy. All right? Are you with me? It's not the same as just a giddy happiness. So God did not give you his spirit just to make you happy. Here's why God gave you his spirit. To make you holy. Because he wants you to be just like Jesus Christ, his son. And the only way you can be like Jesus is having the Holy Spirit in your life conforming you into the image of Jesus Christ. So he didn't give you the Spirit to make you happy. He gave you the Spirit to make you holy and also to make you helpful to others in his kingdom. So this morning, we're going to unwrap spiritual gifts. I'm going to help you unwrap your spiritual gift. There are four verses, so I have four points. The first one is this. Spiritual gifts are given by the grace of God. Your spiritual gift has been given to you by the grace of God. Look at verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit who gives them. The Greek word for gifts has at its root the word for grace. So... These gifts are not badges of superior righteousness. No, just like our salvation, they are gifts of God's grace. The gift is handed down to you. It's not worked up. And that that is a problem many people have with spiritual gifts. They try to work them up, all right? It's not something you work up. It is a gift of grace that has been handed to you. And verse 4 also says there are different kinds of gifts. So the Bible teaches that God by His Spirit gives various attributes and abilities to us the moment we invite Jesus into our heart and we are saved. He then wants to use us by placing us in a local church. That's why local churches are so important. We are the body of Jesus Christ. And here in this church, you are to use these attributes and abilities to build up his church or to edify the body of Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 says it like this. We have different gifts according to the what? The grace that has been given to us. Now, when I hear that word grace, I think of my Callie Grace. It's good to have Callie Grace home this weekend with her husband, Michael. This is the first time Callie and Michael have been home since they were married back in December. And I'm, I'm glad to tell you they're still married today, right? It's good to have him there, here this weekend. Uh, Callie Grace Harmon. I love the word. I love the word grace. All of these gifts that we have given by the Holy Spirit come to us by the grace of of God. It is not by human merit. The Spirit himself determines what grace gift you receive. Did you get that? So the Holy Spirit knows your DNA. He knows your personality. He knows what motivates you. So when he moves into your heart, he gives you a specific gift By his grace. How do I know that? Well, verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us, it is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone, he alone decides which gift each person should have. So, no one can say they have been marked out for special status because of their gift. No, the Holy Spirit decided what gift you have been given. He handpicked your gift. Now, some gifts are more visible than others, but all of them are equally essential. There are some gifts that are, I say, out in the open, upfront gifts that people publicly see. And those are important gifts, but you know what? The besi- behind-the-scenes gifts are just as important than the upfront open gifts. Now, what are these gifts? Uh, In the next couple of weeks, we're going to specifically look at all the gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are about four different New Testament passages that give us these various lists of the gifts, and there are about 18 or 19 gifts as we see them in the Scripture. Uh, Let me just list them to you, and you can kind of read through the list and think, oh yeah, that's my gift. Maybe the gift of administration, or the gift of giving, or discernment, or helps, The gift of evangelism, the gift of encouragement, the gift of faith, hospitality, knowledge, leadership. Maybe you have the gift of mercy. Maybe you have the gift of pastor, shepherd, or prophecy, or service, or teaching, or wisdom. And then those other gifts that we'll even talk about, tongues, and healing, and miracles. But whatever gift that you have, understand this, it's from the grace of God. Just like your salvation is by God's grace, so is the gift that the Holy Spirit has been given to you. So these spiritual gifts are by grace. Number two, they are for service. Look at verse 5. There are differences of ministries, but it is the same Lord. So the spiritual gifts are intended to be used in a Christ-like spirit of servanthood. The word ministries in verse number 5 literally means service. In fact, it is the same word found in the New Testament for deacon. It means to serve. Literally, it means to wait tables, to serve people at tables. That's what we are to do. We, We are to serve other people. That's why we have this gift so that we can serve other people in the kingdom of God you need to check out this next verse, Mark chapter 10, verse 45. What a great declaration of why Jesus came. For even the son of man, that's Jesus, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So if it is your life's goal to be just like Jesus, guess what? You're going to have to serve other people. You're going to have to get over yourself and become a servant. So God gives each of us spiritual gifts, and those gifts are used in a variety, this verse says, of different ministries. So so let me just kind of give you a picture of of how this is. And, And let's just say, for example, your gift is that of teaching. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit gave you the gift of teaching. What does that mean? It means that you have this unique ability to read and study God's Word and then tell other people not only the meaning of God's Word, but how they can apply that to their everyday life and flesh it out. So they not only explain the Word of God to you, they give you application so that you can flesh out the Word of God. Okay, So there is the gift of teaching, but it is used in a variety a diversity of ways in ministry maybe you have this special ability to teach kids but the Johnny I don't have that gift I can't teach little children it, it 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 just doesn't go well for me when I teach little kids because they they're just everywhere and I need them to be right here in front of me they don't want to be that but you know what some of you do Barbara Carter thank you thank you for using your gift this, this lady has the gift from God of teaching children. You go back to her class when she's teaching the, those little kids, and it's just sometimes you don't know it, but sometimes I, I kind of sneak in there and I look, and there she is down on the ground. She's in a tent with these little kids. She put it, she's got the old flannel graph. I love flannel graphs. Thank you for still using flannel graph. She's got these flannel graphs telling these Bible stories, and those kids just have these huge eyes, and they're soaking it up. That's a gift God has given her. Some of you have the gift of teaching, but your gift is in the, the realm of, of teenagers. Nathan, I was, a, I was a youth pastor back in the early days, and I was a bad youth I was a poor youth pastor. I, you know? Because again, they, teenagers just, they, they would just frustrate me because I'd, I'd ask them to do something, to them, and they wouldn't do anything I asked them to do. So you know what? I decided to become a pastor to old people <laughs> because they just sit there and listen, and, they, you know, maybe you go to sleep, but it's because you trust me right? Others of you have the gift of teaching adults because you you can convey on on a higher level, an academic level, and, and you can explain hard, difficult biblical truths in a way that people understand them. That is your gift. But do you see how the gift of teaching can be used in a variety of different ministries? Maybe you've been given the gift of evangelism, and you're an evangelist. You can stand in front of huge crowds and declare the, the, the truth that Jesus saves. And you can do it in such a convincing way that sinners are convicted. And when you give an altar call, people come by the droves and confess Jesus as Savior. Or maybe your gift of evangelism is standing on a street corner and telling people the truths of Jesus, maybe they don 't want to hear, it. maybe they mock you, maybe they call you names, maybe they do use sign language <laughs> on you, you know but, but that doesn 't deter you. why Because you have a heart of, the, of an evangelist and you 're declaring the truth, or, or maybe your gift of evangelism is one on one where you can sit down one on one with someone and open the Bible and show them the plan. Of salvation you see it's the same gift of evangelism but it is used in a diverse ministry or maybe your gift is that of administration and so you have the ability to organize a a missions trip where you take I don't know how many people do we have go to Puerto Rico is that 30, 40 people to Puerto Rico, and man, it was just it was all kinds of activity. But there were people in that group who had the gift of administration that made that flow and make that work. Maybe your gift is an administration, and, and you use that gift working in a homeless shelter or helping with the finances of the church. Listen to what First Peter chapter 4 verse 10 says about our gifts. Each one should use whatever gift he or she has received, why to serve others faithfully administering god's grace in its various forms we must never forget that the gifts that god gives us is for the loving ministry in the church they are not for our own gratification your gift was not given to you For your own gratification it was given to you for the edification of the entire body of Christ and when this is ignored confusion sets in so spiritual gifts are given by grace they are given for service and number three they are given with power Uh, I love verse number six verse six tells us there are different kinds of working but the same God works all of them in all men so these spiritual gifts are a result of God's powerful working in a person's life and they are a result of God powerfully working through us in the lives of other people did you get that word power okay it's the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you and then you allowing that power of the Holy Spirit to come through you in service so that other people are affected by the power of God. Do you see that phrase? It is the same God who works all in all. The word works means energy. God provides the spiritual gifts, and he also provides the power and faith with which to exercise those gifts. So they are given supernaturally, And they are energized supernaturally. And that's cool to know. It's cool to know that I don't have to work this gift up. Supernaturally, it was given to me. And it's cool to know that I don't get up and and, and in my own strength have to use this made-up gift to try to convince you to do God's will. No, when, when I use my gift, which is this right here, preaching, when I use this gift, tell you what, Will Harmon just he goes away and I don't I can't explain this I don't know how it happens but but there is another force that takes over when I get up and preach it is not me it's the Holy Spirit speaking through me it is the energy and the power of God so it is given supernaturally and it is energized supernaturally let let me make two very important statements when you use your gift, whatever gift that is, there is going to be a variety of the effectiveness of your gift. People using the same spiritual gifts are not going to have the same results. You get that? Or the same quantity of fruit. This, this is the work of a sovereign God. We read it in the Bible just with, with those, those who preach the gospel, those who evangelize There were some who preached and evangelized and thousands of people were saved. There were others who preached just just as faithfully, but maybe they had no conversions or small conversions. And so here's the point. The giving out of the fruit, the the seasoning of the fruit is up to God, not you. God God doesn't want you to be result-oriented. And it's hard for us because that's the way we are. It's the way we think. We want to see the results. The results are not up to you. What you've been called to do is be faithful to use the gift God has given to you. And that's where we'll be judged. Second thing I wanted to say is this. A spiritual gift is not just a desire. Nor is it just a talent that you were born with. Now, I believe that God can take our desires and he can take those natural talents that we've been given, but a spiritual gift is more than just a desire and it's more than just a talent. This spiritual gift is supernaturally given to you by the spirit of God when you got saved. And so it is distinct. I do believe that God usually meshes them all together. He meshes your desire and your talents with your spiritual gifts. But you need to understand, God not only gives you the desire to minister to people in a particular way, God is the one who makes it effective in the lives of others. God is the one who, who triggers all of that. God is the one who blesses other people through your gift. Listen to Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purposes. So let me try to summarize this. There are differing gifts that operate in a variety of places of service with a wide range of results. But here's the important thing. As a servant of God, I am to be rightly related to the Holy Spirit of God that is i am to be walking in the spirit not resisting the spirit not quenching the spirit not grieving the spirit i am to be walking in the spirit filled with the spirit listening to the spirit and allow the the power of the holy spirit who has given me that gift to flow through me, using the gift that God has given to me. And as I do that, walking in the Spirit, using the gift the Spirit has given to me, that power comes out of my life, and it affects other people the way God intended it to affect them. And it is a cool thing. I mean, it, it, is, it is amazing to me. I've, I've, been, I've been pastoring a long time now, 30-plus years, in a variety of churches. I, and, and it, it, it blows me away every time I see God using your gift to bless somebody else. And to build up the body of Christ. But let me show you, see if I can show you how this, this works. There are certain people who have the gift of hospitality. That was one of those gifts. The gift of hospitality. Maybe, maybe you have that gift. I don't have it. I mean, I really don't. I mean, you're welcome to come to my house and, uh, you know, I'll entertain you for a little bit, but you know what? Sooner or later, time for you to leave because I've got to have some alone time. Are you Now, does that make me a bad person, online people? Does that make me a bad person? No, I just don't like people. I'm kidding, all right? I'm joking about that. I love people, all right? I just get tired of them. I'm joking. I don't have the gift of hospitality. I, I talked, Angie and I talked about that just the other day. I said, I wished I did, but that, that is not my thing. It's not my gift. But I enjoy being in the homes of people who do have that gift. Yeah. Yeah. First service, I, I, I mentioned this, and when I said it, Angie knew exactly what I was talking about. Years ago, we were in a church, and there was a lady in our church who, no doubt, she had the gift of hospitality. Her name was Tony. And I loved it when Sister Tony and Brother Tom invited us over to their house because I knew, oh, I knew it was going to be good. And I mean, it was, she never disappointed me. You walked into her home, Jason, and you just felt, you felt at home. I mean, talking to Jason. Let me talk to this Jason. I mean, it was like she treated you like a king like you were the only one there. Her house might have been filled with people, but, but she took interest in you. She made you feel so special. And the food, I mean, the food was, oh, I'm getting hungry right now, thinking about it. And you just had such a a great time. Why? She had the spirit of hospitality. And I just, I can remember just kind of stepping back. I was a young pastor then. And I just kind of stepped back and I watched how Miss Tony used that gift from God to minister to the body of Christ. She not only did it in her home, she did it in the church as well. It was the power of God flowing out of her into other people. There are people in this church who have the gift of wisdom. I know that because I've identified you and I tap into that wisdom. I I don't go to you and say, oh, wise one, give me counsel. But you know what, whenever we've had a big decision to make or or a difficult problem to solve, whether it be in a a board meeting or or I go to these people individually and say, hey, here's the issue I'm dealing with. What what do you think? Here's some possibilities that that I've come up with. What what do you think? And then I just kind of step back and, and I see it working. I see it happening. And I could tell you story after story when God spoke through people in our church and gave biblical wisdom on how to solve a problem that we face in a biblical way. And it just just amazes me because I see it as the power of God. But there's more. The spiritual gifts are given by God's grace. They are given for service. They are given with power. But fourthly and finally, they are given to every single believer. I love verse 7. Here's what he says. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of who? For the profit of all of us. Another way to describe spiritual gifts is that they are, listen to this, a manifestation of the spirit. They reveal the power of God working in you. So here's the, here's the deal: you got saved, God gave you a spirit, you a gift, you unwrapped your gift. Now you're using your gift in the church. And whenever you use your gift, you roll up your sleeve and you use the gift, what you are doing is manifesting the work of the Holy Spirit. You are showing the Holy Spirit off. And He is working mightily in you. God wants your gift to work. And that is the manifestation in every believer's life. And it also says that they are for the profit of all of us. Our gifts are to build up each other so that we can all use our gifts effectively. So the gifts are not given to us just for us to feel good. Let me do a timeout. When you use your gift, it will make you feel good. It will. But, but that's not the purpose of the gift. It's not just for you. No, it is for others. When you use your gift, others profit when you use your gift the body of Christ which is the church is here's the biblical word edified it is built up now here's another thing I want to say all believers all believers have at least one gift nod your head like this that you understand you agree when you got saved and the Holy Spirit moved in he gave you at least one gift some of you have been gifted with maybe two or three gifts But there is not a single person who's ever lived that has all the gifts. Does that make sense? You've got a gift or a few gifts, but no one in this church has all of the gifts. Now, that is important to understand because it means that we're all important. We're all needful in the body of Jesus Christ. So why should we take this seriously? Why should we take this seriously? I think three reasons, and hang on to these because I'm going to use them next week in my, in my sermon. Here's why we need to take it seriously. Unwrapping your spiritual gift helps you discover your unique purpose in life. And I wish I could sit down with each one of you and look you square in the eyeballs, because that's all I can see right now is your eyeballs, all right, and tell you how important you are and tell you how unique you are And how that God has a plan for your life and a purpose for you to be here. You're not here just to breathe air and consume energy. You're here for a reason. God put you on planet earth for a purpose. And when you understand your unique purpose in life, it makes life full. It turns everything exciting. Why? Because you're fulfilling your purpose for being here. Why take this seriously? Number two, understanding spiritual gifts helps you appreciate other people. Do you know that, that most problems start in churches because you want everybody else to be like you? You want everybody to think like you, to see things like you, to be like you, to have the same gift that you have. But it's not that way. What, what did we read in these three verses? Diversity, differences, diversity. God is a, he's, he's a God who has given all kinds of spiritual gifts. If everybody had the same spiritual gift in this church, we would be a horrible church. We'd be a boring church. And when you understand, when you step back and see, you know what? that gift from that person complements this ministry over here. And my gift complements this ministry. And when we all use our gifts together, we are a better body Amen. of believers. And then number three, using your spiritual gift strengthens the church. Again, that is the purpose for gifts. The edification of the church. And, and listen to me. Our church will never reach its full potential until you... Unwrap your gift, and use the gift God has given to you. There was an old saying when I was in seminary that 80 percent of the work in a church was done by 20 percent of the people. That was that was said back in the 80s. In, 2000, in, in 2020, you know what they're saying? 90 percent of the work is done by 10 percent of the people. Now I want to say Kavanaugh is an exception to that rule. I would say more than 50% of our people are involved in some kind of ministry. But you know what? I'm I'm not going to be happy until 100% are involved in ministry. Because that's what it's all about. This church will be at its full effectiveness when everyone unwraps their gift and uses it for the glory of God. So uh, let me see if I can just sum all this up and and do it in a way that kind of makes sense to you. Let's say that you're, you're kind of you're not feeling good. You got a stomach ache. Anybody got a stomach ache right now? And you're achy all over and you got a headache. And so you go to the pharmacy and you're looking for something that, uh, that you can buy that's going to make you feel better. And, and you walk through the, the pharmacy area and, and there's something that catches your eye. And so you buy a package of these things Alka Seltzer. You know these? Now, if you're my age or older, you remember the little, the little song they had, the little model they had. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. All right? more, more of you remember that than, than I thought would. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. The reason they'd say that is because there's, there are two tablets in each package. And what you're supposed to do is, uh, is take some water and, and put it into a glass. And you unwrap the package. Okay, You open the package. And you drop these two tablets into the water, and something magical happens. Those two tablets start fizzing and bubbling, and it's a miracle. It all bubbles up, and they dissolve. And after they dissolve, you drink it, and you feel better. Blop, blop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Okay? So let's do an experiment right now. Let's, let's, take, a, let's take a package... Of Alka-Seltzer. And let's drop it in the water. Hmm. Hmm. Nothing happened. not happen. Oh, let me take this one and unwrap it. Okay. we am going to unwrap it. Rip it open. There's one of those tablets right there. Come out of there. Come out of there. Drop it in there. I'm going to dig a little deeper. Man, my stomach's hurting right now. Oh, man, I need some, I need some help. So I drop the other one in there. Man listen listen can you hear that really can you hear it it's fizzing it's bubbling it's about to be a relief now here's the deal there are two tablets in each glass but that one's not working nothing's happening this one is working you tell me, why is this one working and that one's not working? Why is this one working? I unwrapped it. Why is that one not working? Because we didn't unwrap it. And even though the potential is in there for this one to plop, plop, fizz, fizz and be a relief, it's not because we did not unwrap it. You know what? That is the condition with so many born-again believers that I know. God has given them this incredible gift, but because they have never unwrapped the gift, it's not being used. It is not bringing any fulfillment to your life, and it is sure not doing what it's supposed to do, and that is build up the body of Jesus Christ. So I think you can see the point of this entire sermon. It is for you to unwrap your gift, You discover your gift and you use it. Some of you have been sitting on your gift or you put it in the closet and you're saying, one of these days I'll unwrap the gift. One of these days I'll do what God has called me to do. One of these days I'll minister in the body. Whenever COVID-19 is over with, you need to do it today. And even though we're facing a challenge today with with not having normal church, you know what? That is no reason for you just to keep your gift wrapped up. You find a way to use your gift. So my prayer for you today is, is really twofold. Number one, that you have the Spirit of God inside of you, that you've been born again, that you can say Jesus is Lord and you have the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of you. The second prayer is that if you are saved, You've unwrapped your gift, and you're using it for God's kingdom. You do the right thing this morning as I pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are in person and those who are listening online. Lord, if there's anyone who who needs to be saved today, I pray, dear Lord, that they would confess Jesus as Lord of their life, ask for forgiveness of sin, and be born again. Lord, for the rest of us, may we take seriously the gift that you've given to us, May we unwrap it and use it for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 God bless you. If you have questions or want to talk to one of us personally about what I preached on today, see one of the pastors after service. Uh, Call us this week or come by. We want to help you discover and unwrap your spiritual gift. It's at this point in our service where we usually give if you're online, you can give online or you can send your check into the church. If you're here, when you leave today, there are boxes at each exit. Just drop your offering in that box. Uh, Ron Rogers is going to get to come home Wednesday. And we're so excited to, to welcome Ron back home. We've started this little fund entitled Get Ron Home, and many of you have given graciously. I want to say thank you for that. Uh, If you're here today and you'd like to give to help get Ron back home, uh, make a notation on your check or on the envelope and just put that in the box and we'll make sure that it gets to Ron and Sandy. Uh, We're going to continue as we have been doing through the month of May into June until Governor Hutchinson takes us into the next phase for COVID-19. That means we're just going to continue to have worship in person Sunday mornings at 9 and 1030. No other times will we meet. Let me remind you why. Uh, Right now we're restricted in not having uh, teenagers and children meet together. So it it makes it very difficult on Sunday nights and on Wednesday nights to have our normal service. So we're just gonna continue online in that regard. That means that tonight at six o'clock on Facebook Live, Brother Johnny is gonna be online. Uh, parents, get your kids, put them around the TV or computer, and uh, hear a Bible story from Brother Johnny. I can't teach kids, but Brother Johnny and little Billy can, all right? So get your kids around and and listen to that. Six o'clock tonight, Brother Nathan is going to be on Instagram live for the teenagers. He told me he has a special guest with him tonight, so tune in for that. Then at 6.30, we have an adult Bible study lesson. David Watts, hey, David, you're going to be teaching that, and so tune in for the Bible study tonight. Then on Wednesday night, tune back in to Facebook Live, 7 o'clock. Brother Brother Devin has a lesson for us, and we'll have a prayer time. Uh, Remember to pray for It's Our Turn. Uh, I got my little band on. I wear my little band every day, and at 1.30, it reminds me to pray for It's Our Turn. Uh, we've kind of put that on pause because of COVID-19. In September, we're going to pick back up with the stewardship campaign of It's Our Turn. But you know what? Construction's going on right now, and it's exciting. Drive, drive around the church and see what they're doing. Uh, over on the east side behind our building, behind the playground back there, uh, they've dug up all of that lot area, and they're resurfacing it. It is going to become our temporary parking Because we're losing all this parking out here during construction. And it will become permanent parking later on for the new worship center. So be praying about all that. Get excited about it. Uh, Man, it's going to take a year for this building to be built. I hope and pray that all the COVID-19 stuff is over with (laughs) by the time we move into that new building. So we can fill it up, right, for the glory of God. Here's what I want you to remember. God loves you. Your staff loves you. I love you too. Have a great day. We'll see you next Sunday.